0: You are listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. No, know it's been a while since I've been with you guys, um, so got a lot of stuff to get into, obviously. Uh, we have some bowl games going on. Uh, when, Whenever you'll be listening to this, the, the college football semifinal might have already happened. Um, so today we have the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, uh, Oklahoma versus LSU, the one and the four seed. And then we have... The Fiesta Bowl, Clemson and Ohio State, the number two and three seed, and we'll I'll get into the Irishman. I just watched I watched that the night it was released on Netflix, uh, the new Scorsese movie with De Niro, Pacino, and uh, Pesci, and then I saw Star Wars recently. I'll get into that. Um, talk about Adam Driver. Little bit. Uh, I also watched Marriage Story. Um, so I've seen a lot of recent Adam Driver stuff uh, NBA season so far get into that uh, NFL playoffs will be starting soon. Um, this is week. It'll be week 17 um, So this this week will just be a lot of a uh, lot of seeding and stuff like that you know, just to kind of determine who's gonna uh, Who's gonna go far there or for seeding and home field advantage and all that stuff uh, so I guess I, I could start with the the college football playoff. Uh, so at the beginning of the year, I think I had Alabama winning, or or Clemson as well. Um, Alabama didn't make it because they uh, they ended up they ended up losing to LSU, and then they didn't get that championship game in the SEC. Uh, but they will play they will play Michigan, uh, which will be I think will be an exciting bowl game there uh but as far as the semifinal with LSU and Oklahoma i don't think Oklahoma stands a chance i think they it was it was very lucky for them to even get in um they're the only school from the big 12 to to make it to the playoffs since since the playoffs started uh, i think i think it's LSU's year this year uh, Joe burrow winning the heisman and they're undefeated they beat bama they they they've had a, a a pretty tough schedule i think as far as strength of schedule goes, and they're still undefeated. Um, so I think they're going to keep keep that going uh, with the win against Oklahoma. I don't think it'll be close. I think I think maybe, maybe 35-21, something like that. Uh, and then Clemson and Ohio State, the number two, number three seed, going at it. I think this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be pretty neck-and-neck neck, most of – most of the game, and then I think Clemson is going to come out on top. I know a lot of people are saying uh, Ohio State. This is the one of the greatest college football teams ever, um, and one of the be- definitely one of the best Ohio State teams ever. Uh, but I don't know. I, I maybe I haven't watched enough of them. Um, I, but I think it'll be a close game. And I know Clemson hasn't played anyone, uh, but they still have Trevor Lawrence as quarterback, and they have they still have Dabo Sweeney as their coach. So I think I think they'll they'll be okay. They've been there before. You know, they, they know how to win. Um, so I, th- I think they'll beat Ohio State. I think that one will be close, though, 45, I'll go 45-38. And then and that'll leave the championship, LSU and Clemson. I think that'll be a great, um, the great matchup, but I think it'll just come out to defenses and who can stop whichever opposing quarterback. But that would be a great matchup, though. Trevor Lawrence and uh, Joe Burrow there. Joe Burrow, probably the number one overall pick. Um, probably to Cincinnati, maybe, um, unless they decided to take uh, Chase Young. And then Trevor Lawrence, I mean, it was talking, like last year, they were talking about if he was able to go to the NFL at this age, then he would be a number one pick, too. So maybe next year or the year after, he'd be a number one pick. Um, So, yeah, it's a very interesting quarterback battle there. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to just go with LSU. I think it's their year, like I said. And... I think they win that one in a close one, say, 35-33 or something. Um, So there you go. I have uh, LSU as a a champion there. Then we want to get into some other Rose Bowls that we have coming up. We've already had a few happen. I think yesterday was the Holiday Bowl uh, with Iowa and USC. USC got smoked again. I lost 49-24. Uh, I think, was it Washington? They beat uh, Boise State in the Las Vegas Bowl, 38-7. to And then Air Force beat Washington State yesterday in the Cheez-It Bowl. All these bowl games have ridiculous names. And then other matchups that might be pretty good, uh, the Rose Bowl. You have number eight, Wisconsin, playing against number six, Oregon. Uh, you know, Wisconsin was in the thick of things. You know, if they beat Ohio State, they probably would have been in the playoff. Uh, that ended up happening, and then Oregon was in the mix too. If they didn't lose to Arizona State, uh, they they would be in the in the playoff too. So this is like this is right next uh, right the next two or the first two out I should say in terms of the playoff. So then uh, this is that next game up. That's that's a really good matchup I think because uh, then Oregon ended up beating Utah in the in the Pac-12 uh, championship. They've been being pretty good there. Um so now I think Utah plays they played Texas in the Alamo Bowl but if Utah would have won that game they probably would have been in the in the college football playoff ahead of Oklahoma what they I think Oklahoma had two losses or they had one loss And Notre Dame right now is beating Iowa State 27 to 9 in the Camping World Bowl that's another one uh, there's a good game right now at the Cotton Bowl Uh, Number 10, Penn State, is up on number 17, Memphis, uh, 35-33. Just under 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. The other matchup I'm excited for is the Citrus Bowl, Michigan versus Alabama. They brought down Alabama to number 13 with their two losses at 10-2. And and then Michigan is number 14 at 9-3. It was very intriguing, though, because, you know, the, the with the rumors of, of Jim Harbaugh, if he's going to get fired, or not going to get fired, he's probably not going to get fired. Uh, he might, I don't know. Uh, or if he might go to the NFL, those the Browns um, rumors swirl in there, but apparently they're going to keep Freddie Kitchens, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, and then Alabama, you have Nick Saban. I mean, obviously they don't have Tua, he's out. Who's uh, was out for the rest of the year with that hip injury and then possibly part of next season, whether he's in the NFL or in college still. Uh, but that's a good matchup. You know, you have um, one great coach and one good coach. Uh, so there, I think there will definitely be a lot surrounding that. But, you know, if Michigan wins, if they beat Alabama, you know, that would be really good for recruiting, uh, try to get up there with Ohio State. Uh, that'll definitely be good. That's a good win for the program, being Alabama. Um, an Alabama team that... I think could have won the championship still, even with that LSU loss. Uh, their o- other loss was just, you know, not good, but this bowl game, I guess you'd be worried about if Alabama really cares to win or care to really play. Cause it's, since it's a citrus bowl and not the, not the championship or the, the playoff, like they've, they've been preparing for mentally and like they've been at, you know, most of the, most of the bowl games they played in have been, you know, championship games. So, so bowl games are really hard to determine the outcome of because most players, a lot of players are, are training for the NFL, so they're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to play. Or some some schools like Alabama, they might take it easy because this is not where they want to be. They don't want to, you know, throw, put all their effort into the Citrus Bowl. But this, is, this could be big for Michigan because they get to play Bama and then really showcase that, hey, you know, we're, we are one of the elite teams even though we lose to Ohio State every year. Uh, another good matchup is number seven Baylor and number five Georgia uh, in the Sugar Bowl. That one's always tricky too because the Sugar Bowl. Those are teams who are like just left out of the playoffs. So Baylor, I think Baylor wants to really showcase that they belong by beating an SEC team like Georgia. That'd be great for for Baylor and that program because uh, their their two losses were against Oklahoma. Who who are in the uh, in the playoffs? So they have, I mean, they have a good strength of schedule there, good resume. But if they want, if they split there, uh, one and one with Oklahoma, they might be in the playoffs instead of Oklahoma. But then Georgia, they got they have their two losses. Uh, so again, same thing with Alabama and Georgia is that they might not be, they not might want to get out of bed for that game, or they have, might have some guys training for the draft and and not being with the team. Uh, but I think that'll be a good one too. And then you have Auburn number twelve and Minnesota number fifteen at ten and two and nine and three. Uh, that's a good matchup too for Minnesota. The same thing like those other games. You know, they get those matchups with SEC teams who've been in the spotlight and who've, you know, played in big games. And now these schools get to showcase like, hey, you know, we do belong in the conversation, and, you know, we are good. We might not be able to beat L S U, but maybe we could beat Auburn this year. So the NFL playoffs are starting here soon. Uh we are in week 17. Uh so this last game is gonna be mostly for seeding in the playoffs. I guess you you also have you also have some some playoff spots that need to be clinched still. As far as the NFC, the six spots are are set. It's gonna be the 49ers, Packers, Saints, Seahawks. Uh, Vikings and I guess the the NFC East still needs to be determined if it's gonna be Philadelphia or or Dallas. So if Philly loses and then they finish at eight and eight, and then Dallas wins at eight and eight, I think Dallas could still get in. Uh, but man, what a bad call on me on my part. I said that they would win the division, and then that Philly would win the wild card. Uh, so yeah, the NFC is set with who's going to the playoffs. Just now, it's just a matter of seeding for the last. Oh, game of the season, regular season. And then the AFC, you have Baltimore clinched, Patriots clinched, uh, the Chiefs, the Texans again, uh, Buffalo clinched, so that's good. Buffalo's 10-5 and five on the year. Uh, they've been playing really well. Uh, good defense there. And then the sixth spot still needs to be clinched. Uh, right now, the Titans are in the driver's seat at 8-7. and seven. If they win their last game, they win their in. And then Pittsburgh, they're at eight and seven. What a what a great job, by the way, that Mike Tomlin has done with that team. They've had all these injuries. They've Bell and and Antonio Brown have been gone. Big Ben goes down. They get Mason Rudolph, and then um, now they have Duck Hodges. They bench Duck Hodges, and then they put in Rudolph. Rudolph gets injured again. Now it's Duck Hodges in week 17, and this will be another non-losing season um, under Mike Tomlin. He's never had a a losing season. He's finished eight and eight before, but he's never had a season where he finished below five hundred. He should win Coach of the Year, even though even if they finish eight and eight. But what he's done with that team, he had injuries with Juju Smith Schuster, uh, James Connor, and then Big Ben. Obviously, like their their team has just really come together and rallied around each other, and and really had a, a good year actually, given the circumstances. Uh, let's see, the Raiders can technically still win. Or make the playoffs if they win, and then, and then the Titans lose, and then the Steelers lose, and yeah, so they can they can still make the playoffs technically. But I I mean I wouldn't want to see Oakland in the playoffs. I really wouldn't want to see Pittsburgh because as soon as Pittsburgh makes the playoffs, they're gonna get blown out by whoever they play. Uh, the Colts. The Colts, um, they're seven and eight, so they can still win technically too if they win their game or still make the playoffs. I mean, if they win their game and then Oakland loses and then Pittsburgh loses and Tennessee loses, then they might make the playoffs. Uh, but other than, other than that, I mean, I think Tennessee they have a them they've been playing really well uh, with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. Derek Henry's been really really good. Um, AJ Brown, did he go to? I think he went to Ole Miss. Uh, he's a rookie this year. he's been really good as far as fantasy and you know kind of helping helping fill the void that that Corey Davis has left even though he's still on the team he, it plays like he's not even there. Anyway, as far as AFC, I think Baltimore has a one seed right now um, and then New England has a, has a two, but Kansas City could still go up to two if New England loses. I don't think they will. I think they'll finish 13-3. and And then I think the Ravens, I think they're going to finish 13-3 because I expect them to lose to Pittsburgh because uh, they're benching all their guys against Pittsburgh. What a year Lamar Jackson has had, though, this year. He's probably going to win MVP. Uh, we'll see how, let's see how they do in the playoffs, though, because, uh, you know, playoff football is just a little bit different. I think New England will be better prepared for them. The next time around if they do have to play him again because you know the first time I think I think Bill Belichick was just trying some di- different uh, Defensive strategies to see how Lamar does and Lamar Played really well, and then they beat him. Uh, so I think he'll be better prepared this time around uh, I think I'm still gonna stick with my my same preseason picks. I went with uh, the the Patriots and the Saints and the Super Bowl and with the Saints winning but i mean the saints they they still look good i still think they're the best team in the nfl actually even with the 49ers at 12 and 3 right now with the number 1 seed and then the saints are still are 12 and 3 so they're the 3 seed right now uh but it, if they win if they win tomorrow and then the 49ers lose sunday night against the seahawks then then they can still get the number one seed. And I think the number one seed is really important for New Orleans. They're just a different team when they play in the dome as opposed to even if, if even if they have to play in San Francisco, it's still outside. And Drew Brees, I mean, it is what it is. He's he's not as good outside as he is in the dome. I mean, it's just a lot better playing in the dome. Um, but yeah, if they get the number one seed, I think they still go to Super Bowl. But if they if they don't get it, I don't think they go that far uh maybe the the conference championship but then if, if they have to play in, in Green Bay or San Francisco, um, then I, I don't think they'll win that game. Um, but as far as talent wise, I think they're the best team. Then I think the 49ers are next. They've been playing really well. Uh, the I mean they might be the best team in the NFL as far they could be undefeated because every game that they've lost, it's been by the like the last possession of the game. Like the Falcons was a last second uh, touchdown pass from Matt Ryan to Julio Jones he barely got in and then the loss against the Seahawks that kicker missed the last second field goal the rookie kicker that they just signed like five days ago he missed the kick wide left but if he if he made that kick then they would have it would have been tied and who knows what would have happened there so the 49ers losses their three losses this year are by last possession. Or last second missed field goals. So once they got get their kicking game right, they I mean they should be undefeated. But that's fine. Uh, So the Packers I don't I don't really believe in the Packers. I don't think they're gonna I don't know. They just seem they don't seem like they're the cream of the crop this year. Even given their record, they got blown out by San Francisco. Uh, They did beat Minnesota, who I thought I thought Minnesota was gonna they were gonna split. Uh, Green Bay did beat them. Uh, both times this year, uh, Minnesota though, if they get hot, if Kirk Cousins gets hot, um, I think they can they can they can advance, they can surprise some people and go pretty far uh, this year. If I mean, well, I guess they'll play outdoors because they're the six seed right now at ten and five, um, and then the Seahawks at 11, 11 and four, and then the I mean, I don't think the Eagles are going to do anything even if they make the playoffs at nine and seven. I just I don't know. they haven't they've had a lot of injuries at wide receiver. Um, and then now Zach Ertz is, has a broken rib and their defense hasn't played really well uh, last few games So I just think whoever they play it's not gonna sign to go well uh, But they will get a home game though since they win the division and they make the playoffs so Some coaching news Ron Rivera got fired uh, by the uh, Panthers uh, But you know a lot of people are gonna be lining up to hire him and then as far as today that I'm recording this uh, Jason Garrett of the Dallas Cowboys he still has a job and then the Falcons coach Dan Quinn he's gonna keep his job which I mean they've been playing well lately um, they're gonna finish either six and ten or seven and nine so if they finish seven and nine that'd be they'd be good considering how they started um, but you know preseason there was a lot of talk about them making the playoffs um, but yeah, he gets to keep his job for next year, so we'll see if they're able to improve. But you know, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are, you know, they're aging. Matt Ryan definitely is. What is he, thirty-six now? He's up there. Julio Jones is still top of his game. So they need to take advantage of that window that they have still. Um, let's see the Oh, Freddie Kitchens apparently is gonna keep his he's gonna keep his job. Uh, you know, I think they should they should just fire him, just say, Hey, we messed up get rid of them, bring in Ron Rivera or even Mike McCarthy, um, get that defense going, work with Baker Mayfield. I mean, that team should really be – I mean, I had them make the playoffs. I had them at 10-6. and six. Right now they're 6-9, and nine, uh, and they lost to a practice squad quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've just not been good, man. And I think it starts with Freddie Kitchens – and Baker Mayfield, you know, talk about a sophomore slump, I thought he was gonna, I thought he was going to play really well this year. They had weapons. They had Kareem Hunt. You know, he was gone for eight games. But um, then Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb led the lead in rushing, and no one's talking about him. They're just talking about OBJ not fitting in, and the offense, they're, they're just trying to force feed him, but can't get to him. Jarvis Landry actually had a pretty good year. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb had a great year. Baker Mayfield did not. Um, Odell Beckham, he they just they just couldn't get him targets. You know, um, he might finish under a thousand yards. I think he's like sixty yards shy of that. Um, but yeah, and I think he had like four touchdowns this year. They they just were not good. They should be a lot better. So if you bring in, you Mike McCarthy, he's good with offenses. Uh, I think he could help Baker Mayfield and that offense going. Uh, but then I think Ron Ron Rivera can help Baker Mayfield with you know becoming a better uh, professional and kind of maturing with some of the stuff that he's been doing. Um, but I mean, they got to do something. They can't bring him back. <clears throat> and then there's news out of Jacksonville that uh, Doug Marone might get fired. Uh, they did fire Tom Coughlin recently. Uh, that's just a mess too. They paid Nick Foles all that money and he gets injured and then he comes back and he plays like garbage um and they can't really get rid of him because they just signed him this year they're gonna have to eat a lot of money on that contract no one wants to trade for him uh garner Minshew comes in undrafted rookie out of washington state he he showed flashes he was really good and then then it kind of seemed like he plateaued a little bit um they he gets uh, replaced by nick Foles, and then he replaces nick Foles. uh but I mean, I don't. Know. I, I think he's got to be the guy there right now, I guess, because they're going to try to draft someone. Um, but you know, he played way better than Nick Foles, and he's cheap right now, so you can see what he can do around that. Uh, the Chargers, Philip Rivers has just been. I love Philip Rivers, but he's just been awful this year. I think he's. A, I believe he's a free agent at the end of the year, and I mean, their offense is ready to go. Austin Eckler had a good year. Uh, Melvin Gordon finally came back after his his failed holdout. Uh, he started producing. He looked really good. Um, you know, they have some weapons there offensively, but they, all their losses are just by, like, crazy last possession losses. There was one game, I think, they had four opportunities to punch it in at the end of the game. They were, like, in the five on the one-yard yard line or something, and they had st- – four chances and those penalties and penalties. It was just like terrible. And they ended up losing. They have so many crushing, failing defeats like that. And Phillip Rivers has been awful this year. Um, so they're five and 10 right now, but I think the chargers move on from Phillip Rivers. I don't know if, I don't think Phillip Rivers retires. I think he goes somewhere and acts as kind of as a, a stopgap. Um, there's a lot of teams that can use that, but I think it's time in, I guess L.A. now. Uh, his time with the Chargers is over. He still lives in San Diego. He didn't. He wasn't really uh, on board with the whole L.A. move. Uh, but, you know, they're definitely going to draft a quarterback, and then I think they need to. He's just – his decision-making has regressed a lot, and he has a lot of interceptions. But, you know, who else is a free agent at the end of this year is, is Tom Brady. And there was – I know there was, a, there was a lot of rumors, though, uh, that, you know – I was like hearing all this stuff like, oh, he's they're looking at houses in, in L.A. or they he just put his house on the market. And so did uh, his little trainer. Um, what was his name? Uh, Guerrero. Uh, he, he sold his house too. So, you know, maybe they're planning on leaving and he's not happy about his contract and all this crap. I It's probably not true. But if it is, or even if it's not, if I'm the Chargers, I would, at the end of the year, and if there's no – you know, you're not tampering or anything. I'm calling Tom Brady, and I'm saying, hey, you want to come here, finish here, because he, he still wants to play till he's 45. But I don't think the Patriots want to pay him until he's 45. But if I'm the Chargers, I call him and say, hey, we have an offense here. You know, we we got some. We have better weapons than than you do in New England, offensively at least. We don't have the coaching and stuff, but you know, we can we can make it work. You know, we won. They won 11 games. Or twelve game. They were, were they twelve and four last year. So they have they have pretty much the same team that they did last year. Their defense was good last year, not as good this year. Uh, so I mean, they have good pieces there. But I would like to see Tom Brady go to uh, go to the Chargers and and win twelve games and and then win a Super Bowl. Show everyone that he doesn't need Bill. He can still he could win without Bill and Gronk. Just give him another small. A small uh, running back who's also a receiver. Uh, but th- yeah, that might be interesting. I'd like to see that. All right, switching gears here now. I want to get into the NBA. It's been it's been a really boring season for me. I don't know if it's because the Warriors are down uh, with Steph out with his injury, and then Clay Clay not there, and then Iguodala and. They're just leaving their him in Memphis to die. Uh but you know, there's still some some good storylines here and there. But you know, the best basketball right now is being played in LA and Milwaukee sometimes. Uh, but you know, there's been a lot of disappointments with some teams like Portland. Right now they're in the eighth seed, they're at 14 and 18. The Spurs are at twelve and eighteen. Uh there's been a lot of teams struggling. Like the, the Kings were kind of battling for a playoff spot, but they haven't started really well. They're twelve and nineteen. Um, you know, the Pelicans, they're not playing well either. They only have nine wins. But I mean Zion has been out he's probably gonna be out this entire year, and apparently they're they're teaching him how to rewalk and run again. So that's just uh that's something to keep an eye on. I uh, don't expect to see him until next year. I mean, even Utah. Like I thought Utah was just going to be, you know, winning a bunch of games, but they're at 19-12. They haven't looked really good. Uh, Mike Conley's he's kind of struggling to fit in. They don't really, I don't know. They kind of seem like they're pressing too much. Like they expect uh, to win all these games, but they need to they need to kind of figure out how to play with Conley. Um, he's been in and out of the lineup, uh, but when when they play well together. They've looked really good. And then, I mean, Oklahoma City, I mean, I thought Oklahoma City would be pretty feisty. Uh, like, And they just the, missed the playoffs, but they could win like 40, 42 games or something. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're competitive. They're 16 and 15 right now. They're in the seventh seed. Um, Portland, I thought Portland would be up there, but they've been pretty disappointing. I mean, they're, the only good thing about their season has been that um, Carmelo Anthony came back and he's he's playing well. He's producing, Uh, but the other night, I forgot. Oh, they played Utah, actually, and there was an opportunity. They just needed to hit a three. They were down uh, 115, 112, and there was a few seconds left on the clock. They just needed to hit a three to tie it, and Carmelo, he was being guarded, and he shot the three and got blocked, and he could have passed to Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum, but he took the shot like he's 27 years old. Um, Yeah, so I thought that was funny, but, you know, he's giving them a little boost there. Uh, I still think they should trade for Kevin Love. You know he's from Lake Oswego, uh, and he said he he would want to trade to Portland. I thought that I heard that come out recently. Um, but the Cavaliers apparently they want a, a first round pick for him. I think they're crazy if they think they're gonna get a first round pick. I'd give them like a second and and a a young player. Um, but I think they they have to make that deal because they need to win now. With McCollum and and Lillard in their primes, and then whatever you can find left of of Carmelo, and I mean, while the Warriors are down, you know, make it a little bit easier. But the West is going to go through LA, whether it's uh, with the Clippers or the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are twenty four and seven. They still have the. They've been on a four game losing streak, I believe. Yeah, four game losing streak. Uh, but even with that, they still have the best record in the West. And then you have Denver at twenty-one and nine. Denver, Denver has been really hit and miss. They recently, they just lost to to the Pelicans on Christmas Day, um, so they're they've been pretty inconsistent. Uh, but I think when it comes time to the playoffs, they gotta they really got to get over their success from last year. It's just like you know, they gotta keep playing. And then the Clippers are at twenty-three and ten. I don't expect them to have the the. I think they're the best team in the NBA. I don't expect them to finish top of the West because they're just gonna try to uh, rest quiet Leonard whenever they can. But man, that team is tough. You got a little uh, Patrick Beverly. He's just doing all the all the dirty work like Draymond does for the Warriors. He's you know going after loose balls. He's gaining people's heads. He's taking screens or charges, I should say you know, he's, man, he's feisty, I love Patrick Beverly, and then Houston, uh, they're looking a little up and down, they just lost to the Warriors on uh, Christmas Day, what a win for the Warriors, they're still playing tough, and they're just fighting, and they're, I think they're on a a five-game win streak, actually, too, because they just beat the Suns yesterday, Uh, but they're, yeah, they're playing really tough, and uh, D'Angelo Russell's, you know, he's looking good, and, and so is Draymond Green, but, you know, most of these guys are, like, G League players, and you know they're still fighting, they're still competing, and you know I'd like to see that at least. Uh, but I think the story of the West also is Dallas, a 20 and 10. Uh, I didn't, I thought they would. I mean, we'll see if they make the playoffs or not. But I definitely thought that they were like a a year away, a year or two away from being true contenders. But Luca's been has been really good. Um, I know he he just came back from injury, um, but Porzingis. Porzingis has to be a little bit more aggressive down low. I, I feel like he's settling too much for uh, for three-point shots. But, I mean, he's what, seven two? Like, come on, get in the post. You know, you can play inside and outside just like uh, Anthony Davis does. But it seems like uh, Porzingis is trying to rely a little too much outside. Uh, but they've been pretty good this year. Um, and uh, let's see. Yeah, those are the eight teams in the West right now. And then all the other ones are struggling a little bit. In the East, Eastern Conference, you have uh, the Bucks at twenty-eight and five. Giannis is still playing really well. Uh, Boston at twenty-two and seven. I think Boston's a real threat in the East for sure. Uh, they just play really. They play a lot better with with Kemba Walker than Kyrie Irving. Even though Kyrie's better talent wise, Kemba just he's better. I guess his personality is a lot better for Boston and that roster and Brad Stevens. Because uh, I mean they're pretty much the same guys and they're. Uh, number 2 in the east right now. Miami has looked great uh, with Jimmy Butler at 23 and 8. And then Toronto at 21 and 10 without Kawhi. Uh, Siakam is taking that next step. Uh, Lowry is playing a lot better now. Um, the Sixers are at 23 and 11. They're they've been kind of uh, they've been a little up and down. Uh, kind of a disappointment. I I expected them to be Kind of right by where the Bucks were, like 25 wins at least. And then Indiana, 21 and 11 without Oladipo. I think he should be coming back soon. Uh, the Nets are 16 and 14. Uh, Kyrie's out of the lineup. He's he hasn't played in like a month. I um, mean, he still hasn't been able to to practice. Uh, Orlando is below 500 at 14 and 17. Um, but as far as East goes, I think Bucks are a threat. I think the Celtics are a threat this year. Uh, Miami, they've they've been looking really good. I think they're a, they're a legitimate threat. And then I'm still on Philly. I, I still think Philly. I think they can improve still, or I think they will improve and should be the second seed in the East. I know I I picked them to go to the finals, uh, but it, I mean it's all on Joel Embiid. He needs to, he needs to, you know, have that work ethic that Giannis has, because uh, I think Giannis is, I mean, skill skill set wise, I think Embiid is better than Giannis, but Giannis is a better player because he just, it seems like he's more motivated and has that drive to be great. And it seems like Embiid is like he's okay where he's at, he's satisfied from where he's at, and and Giannis, it seems like he just wants that, and he just wants to be the greatest. You could tell, you can see that in the way he plays. He plays super hard every play, uh, but not where it kills your team like Russell Westbrook. But you know where it's just like he's trying really hard on every play. Um, so I expect the Sixers to be there, um, one two there. But I mean, other than that, it's been it's been kind of kind of boring uh, NBA season so far. Like those Clippers Lakers matchups are really good. Anytime those are on or whoever Dallas is playing. Uh, Houston has been – I mean, James Harden is averaging like 39 points. He's, they've, been, they've been a little up and down, but he's been great. Um, I mean, the Warriors held him down 24 points. And, there's, I mean, they're still talking about doing that midseason tournament. And the winnings, I guess, that came out recently, Adam Silver announced that uh, the, the players would get $1 million and then teams might get a first round, an extra first-round draft pick or something. Uh, I don't, I don't think a million dollars is enough for players. I don't think they care about first round draft picks for teams, unless unless you're like LeBron. I feel like LeBron thinks about stuff like that because then he's like, oh, you can trade it, or you know, he's always thinking about like he plays like chess. Uh, he's always thinking about uh, management decisions and stuff. It seems like, uh, but you know, I don't think you can motivate these guys to try to do that. And I think the NBA is. It seems like they're trying really hard to captivate the younger audience because they really want to pass hope hope to pass the NFL one day because the NFL they don't I mean they're changing some big things but the NBA is completely changing the structure of their league they they want to shorten the season and they want to add a a playing game for the playoffs and then like a a mid season tournament that completely defeats the purpose of the regular season like if you're gonna if you want us to, if you want to make us watch the games, like, you should, you should make, make the schedule shorter, like sixty-five games, but don't, don't give us like a, a worthless midseason, tournament that, like, I mean, we're, I don't care about that. I want to know who wins the trophy. You know, I don't, I don't care about this a midseason tournament. I want the whole season, you know, and, a lot of these, a lot of these matchups. Like a lot of these um these week weekday matchups, some of them are, aren't that good, you know. Like, if if Zion goes down, you know I know they schedule in advance, but if Zion goes down with the Pelicans, like they should replace that, replace that game with another game. Like the NFL, they they get flexed, they get flexed into into primetime games. That's what the that's what the NBA should do. Like we shouldn't be watching the Zionless Pelicans play the nuggets on Christmas or I, I, it's probably hard logistically and, and for the schedule to try to rearrange that, but uh, they gotta, they gotta do something about that, you know, and they talked about ratings being down. I think it's a lot, it's a lot of like player movement that it kind of goes with that. Um, and then a lot of the injuries and, but I think the NBA, they're, they're kind of walking a fine line. Cause if they change too much stuff, they're gonna lose interest of people who really watch it and really love basketball, because it's just gonna be, it's just too much fluff. I just want basketball, and I just want, just, you know, make some tweaks here and there, but don't change the whole, the whole aspect of your game. Like, you know, the MLB, they're, cha- they're changing all kinds of stuff. They're adding the pitch clock, and you, there's like certain things you can do. Like you can only visit the mound like three times or something and they're and they're doing that the pitch clock too and it's just annoying stuff and then now okay i don't know i'm going on a rant now they're 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 talking about t- just completely removing minor league baseball i love minor league baseball minor league baseball games are the best because they they'll have like dollar beers or like 4 dollar margaritas like 2 dollar hot dogs like food food is cheap uh drinks are cheap and then You know, it's not usually super busy. There's not thousands of people there at the game. It's, you know, low-key. They have pretty good promotions, and, like, the food's pretty good most of the time. And it's just a a fun time to go. You get baseball, you get cheap food, cheap drinks. Like, what more could you want, you know? And for them to get rid of that, I think that kills... That's going to kill the sport. Do they think that getting rid of minor league baseball is going to make more people want to watch... MLB baseball I mean people people go to minor league games because they're clo- they're in their town and they're cheaper if you want more people going to the games and stuff make MLB tickets cheaper make it easier to go to those games and make it easier to watch these games instead of instead of eliminating teams and making less games available don't you want people watching minor leagues and then if they know a player or something and then they'll follow them through baseball uh, through the league, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna be, on, I'm gonna root for that team because this guy's on there," or you know, this is um, this minor league team, like the Emeralds, the Eugene Emeralds, are the minor league team of the Cubs. I'm gonna root for the Cubs too, or something. You know, that I just feel like that. If there's more baseball available, there's gonna be more viewership as a whole. It shouldn't be trying to separate the uh, minor leagues and then the major leagues. You know, it's all. It should be all one one big uh, community to trying to grow baseball and the viewership there, which m- means more money and bigger contracts. So that just doesn't make sense to me. I really hope they don't do that because um, I live by, by two, I guess there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of um, minor league teams in the Northwest, uh, Washington and Oregon, they're part of the Northwest league or the Pacific Northwest league, something like that anyway. But I mean, I just love going to minor league baseball games. They're, they're so much fun. I watched The Irishman recently, a Scorsese movie with De Niro and Pacino and Joe Pesci. It's like the last like mob movie that they're going to make uh, since they're all 80 now. Uh, but it was about Jimmy Hoffa and his disappearance in the 50s, I believe, uh, who was a union a union president, and he was he had some dealings with the mafia and... Uh, Anyway, he ended up going missing. Obviously, he's dead. Uh, But this kind of goes into that, and I thought it was great. It was really long. It was uh, three and a half hours long, but it didn't feel that long to me. I love those movies, Um, so I was I was just I was super into it from the beginning uh, because it's been a while since we've seen them all together in a movie. Um, I mean, Pacino. This is the first time he's in a Scorsese movie. Uh, he plays Jimmy Hoffa, and and Pacino was really good in it. Man, he was he was funny too. It was it was hilarious. He had all these outbursts that were uh, classic Pacino, but it was it was really well done. I thought, um, yeah, everyone was good in it. Pesci was good in it, and uh, De Niro plays um, he plays a hitman in it. And what the way they shot it was that they because they wanted them to to look a little younger. So they de-aged him. So it showed De Niro when it was super old. And then, well, his character was super old. And then it showed him when he was younger and then kind of middle-aged. Uh, so they de-aged him and everyone looked way younger than they really are. And it was amazing. But, uh, the one downside to that is when they have De Niro trying to like punch somebody or something, you, he he looks young, he looks like he did in Casino, but then when he's like, he's, you know, making the punching motion, he's moving around like he's, like he's an 80 year old man, because he is, but that part is kind of funny, when they're trying to give them, make them do some fighting scenes, and they're just like, they're just kind of old, moving around, uh, but you know, it's not your typical, uh, mobster movie, like it's not like, uh, Goodfellas, or Casino, or Godfather, or anything like that, maybe as far as length, with Godfather, but, uh, you know, there was it was a lot of, it was slower than most ones, but I think that had to do with the age of the actors and and kinda how they they went with the story. Um they went with you know, De Niro's older, he's in a retirement home and he's telling the story. So they're going back and showing different scenes with De Niro and when he's younger and, and Pesci and um and Pacino. Um so that part was pretty interesting I thought. Um but you know, it it did have a lot of similarities to to Goodfellas and, and references to Goodfellas, like in I guess I, I won't spoil it for you guys. But um, yeah, just give it a watch if you if you like Goodfellas and all those kind of movies. Um, I thought it was I thought it was really good, and I I just wanted so much more. Uh, but on Netflix, there's also uh, there's also like a, a little documentary. It's like 25 minutes. It's like an interview with all of them. Uh, they're all talking about how how they made the movie and. And stuff like that, and Scorsese's in that one, and they are just kind of going back and forth, and a lot of interesting little tidbits there. Um, so, give those two a watch. Uh, I saw the new Star Wars also uh, this past this past weekend, and I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, Adam Driver was really good in it, and I thought the story was story was good. Um, I I didn't grow up super into star wars um so my opinion is probably a little different than uh someone who someone who's just like a a avid fan about it and knows all the lore and everything about it so and you know most of the time those people hate all the all the disney ones like the force awakens and and last jedi and um and what is this last one rise of skywalker so they probably hate this trilogy uh but You know me. I came in and then I I watched some of the old. I watched all the old ones and then you know these newer ones. I I thought these were these were well done. Uh, My only complaint is, it seems like every movie they have to bring someone back, like someone from the old ones. Just like oh hey remember this guy and then everyone they just want people in the theaters to cheer. Uh, In this last one, they brought back like like five or six people. I'm just like oh my god here's another here's just another um reminder of the past you have someone coming in a hologram like oh well, i haven't seen this character in a while like it's just like i don't that part is just ridiculous because it's like every every 15 minutes in the movie like we're seriously watching the movie and following the story and out of nowhere so and so shows up and then it's like oh okay then you kind of get distracted from where you're at in the movie because they just did like this little cameo and that part is really annoying um but other than that i thought it was good it was well acted in this one than it has in the past, uh, Adam Driver, who plays Kylo Ren, was really good, and he had a, a strong performance, I thought. And um, Daisy Ridley was good too. Um, but there's uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is gonna be the last movie, they always say it's gonna be the last movie, but uh, they'll definitely keep going with it. They'll probably wait like 15 years because uh, there's a part in the movie where, like, towards the end, where they focus on this new character. And there's like a conversation there about like, oh, you know, I don't know who my family is like, oh, let's find out or something like that's just kind of implying like, hey, this is going to be she's going to be the the new storyline for the future. And then you have uh, the Mandalorian on Disney Plus. I haven't watched that yet. Uh, I do have a, free, a trial right now of Disney And so far, I like it. They have literally everything Disney has made. And then you get uh, Nat Geo and you could get. Uh, ESPN Plus on there too, um, but yeah, that, it's it's pretty cool. It's six ninety nine month, um, but I, I need to check it out more and watch some more stuff on there. I do want to check out the Mandalorian, uh, but this, the Star Wars movie was good. I I know, yeah, a lot of the the first time first time fans probably like it, but you know the original fans I know that probably don't, um, but. I mean, I would watch it. I was I was super into it. I didn't get to watch an IMAX, but there was a lot of cool battle scenes there um, that were that were fun to watch. Uh, and then I I was like, oh, Adam Driver was good in that. I should watch uh, his other one on Netflix, his um, Marriage Story, which is like it was like the saddest movie ever. It just made me I was like, oh my god, this is what is this what marriages are like. Um, it's about him and uh, Scarlett Johansson plays his wife. And then they're just going through a divorce and they have a they have a son and it just shows like family being torn apart by divorce and then how the the couple's gonna raise their child even though they're not together. Um it was really sad. Uh it was really good though. Well acted again. Um Scarlett Johansson was great. She was just like next level, I thought. Um because Adam Driver would be like, oh, well, I thought we were going to do it this way. And then she's like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. And then he hears something else from the lawyer. And then she's just like completely taking over the situation. Uh, but Adam Driver was really good in that one, too. Um, I think he'll definitely get nominated for an Oscar. Um, yeah, great performance. There's a lot of other movies I wanted to see that are, com- that are out or coming out. Um, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler is supposed to be really good. Uh, that came out on Christmas. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'll check that out and... And let you know what I think of it. Uh, Honey, boy, uh, that one is was written by, Shia LaBeouf. I think he directed it too. Uh, but it's based on his his real life, his childhood, and uh, he plays his dad in it, who I guess was, you know, he was abusive and alcoholic and stuff like that. But he actually wrote that when he was arrested on the set of Peanut Butter Falcon. He wrote that after he was arrested, and then they made that movie. So it, it got great reviews. It's like over 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. so I want to check that one out. And then Uncut Gems. uh, Adam Sandler's getting some some Oscar buzz, as they say. Um, Apparently, it's a great performance, but uh, we'll have to check that one out, too. So those are some recommendations. Um, But, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Make sure to subscribe. I'm on Spotify. Or you can find me on Libsyn. uh, And then you can find me on the Podcast One Network, so you know, subscribe, share with your friends, tell your people Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, uh, New Year, and whatever else you celebrate. Thanks for listening.